Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 My, just, well, I'll tell you, that's a, that statement that the Lord would make to, to different ones, rise up and walk. Well, that takes a, when you're used to doing nothing but laying around, that's a challenge. But if you'll believe the word of the Lord, and you'll be putting one foot in front of the other, you'll be headed toward a new life. If the Lord's challenging you where you're laying at today, during the preaching of the word, I hope that you'll hear the words, rise up and walk. Get into a new life. It ain't too late, it ain't over, and it will be worth it. It'll be worth it. We got to get the preacher up here. It's about to, get, about to get good in this house. Give the Lord one more hand clap. Let's give our music and choir a hand today. Appreciate them being so faithful, leading us in worship. What a tremendous job today. What a tremendous job. Thankful for them. I love hearing them practice on Sunday mornings, and then they, all, they never get finished without praying. And they stop and they pray together like a team, kind of like a, you ever played any sports and had that team huddle. You was getting in one mind about before you went onto that field. And they, they're just trying to get in one mind and one accord. They want to be a blessing. So I appreciate our choir and our music today. Good, great job, great job. And we sure love our dear friends, Brother Doug, Sister Ashley, and Brother Shiloh so much. And so glad that uh, they're here today. And I'm looking forward to the word of the Lord. My brother, come on. Take your liberty this morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Forty-seven Psalms. So clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. There's triumph in the house today. Victory in the sanctuary. Power to conquer and rise above any obstacle or adversary. The hundred and third Psalm says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and who healeth all thy diseases. Thankful to know there's no sickness that he cannot heal, no disease that he cannot cure, no problem that he cannot fix, no addiction he cannot break, no sin he cannot forgive, and no soul he cannot save. What a great, big, wonderful God that we serve today. And it is always such a joy to be at Restoration. We love all of you so very much, and we look forward to it every opportunity we get to come and worship the Lord with you. I'm telling you, I know I've said it before, but listening to that praise team sing, it makes you want to sing even when you can't. Everybody around me suffering where I was sitting, but the choir was sounding good. Love them so very much. Excellent, extraordinary job. And we just love this pastor and his family. How many love Pastor Walden? Anybody thankful? My wife and I, we always talk driving, going from church to church. And she always tells me, and I 100% agree, if we can imitate any couple, 
is Pastor Sister Walden. That's who I want to imitate. That's who I want to be like. Filled with the love of God and kindness and a care and compassion for souls. And we love them so much. To all of our guests, we are just delighted that you are here in this service on this day. I believe God has something so very special for you. I love my family so much. Grateful for my wonderful wife and precious baby boy, Shiloh. It's been a busy year already. Been in Georgia at the beginning of the year, and then in Texas, and then in Mississippi, and then back to Texas, then in Florida, and now here we are in Athens. And we're starting out February now, the second day. And so God has been moving. People are being baptized and being saved and giving their life to God. So we're just racing the rapture. Jesus is coming back. Come on. I reiterate what the precious sister said. Ready or not, he's coming. And when he comes, I want to be ready. Can somebody say amen? amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to open and read from the book of 2 Timothy, the second chapter. And we're going to begin at the seventh verse. And we're going to read down to verse number 9, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 7. And we're going to read down to verse number 9. So as we're preparing to read, we know that the author here is none other than the Apostle Paul. And he says this in the seventh verse. He says, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffered trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Here he's saying that I'm in jail right now. I was sentenced to prison. I'm locked with chains on my hands and shackles on my feet. And right now they have me bound. But don't ever forget, even though they have me bound, the Word of God is not bound. As I want to preach to us for a little while on this subject, no restrictions. No restrictions. Can we lift our hands? Can we raise our voices? Let's pray and let's ask God to speak to us. Father, we are thankful for every life that is here every individual that is in this room. God, we plead your blood that you shed on the cross of Calvary. God, we're asking that you administer to somebody's heart. God, speak to someone's soul. Illuminate someone's mind. God, that we would hear, we would receive, and we would understand the word that you are getting ready to speak. God, we pray in the name that's above every other name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Well, in our text, we find that the subject uh, that is being spoken is from the Apostle Paul. And he is addressing his son in the faith named Timothy. So we can look at it through a particular lens that is an elder minister writing to a younger It's a one who has been seasoned and who has lived his life. And now he is addressing the one who is up and coming and getting ready to step on the scene. But it puts more power in what Paul is saying, knowing that historically he is writing from jail. 
and he is about to be martyred for the kingdom of heaven. His life is getting ready to come to an end. He knows without a shadow of a doubt that he only has so many more moments left and his life is going to reach a final conclusion. And so knowing that he is about to die, it puts a fresh ideology on what he is saying because now these are really his last words. And if I knew I was getting ready to die, if I knew my life was coming to an end, and I was going to reach the very conclusion of my days on earth, I think I would choose my words very carefully. I don't know if I would be interested in talking about what the weather's going to be tomorrow, or if, if it's a little colder than usual. I don't know if I want to be talking what is uh, happening in the news, and who's the greatest celebrity, and who's getting the most fame and notoriety, or even who's going to win the next election. But I would want to tell somebody what I felt in my heart. I would want to make sure I would convey what my spirit is wanting to tell them. And knowing that Paul is writing here, and he begins to tell this young man in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, he said, now God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Son, you don't have to walk around with your head hung low. Don't have to be ashamed and embarrassed to call yourself a Christian. There's moments you're going to have to square your shoulders, lift your head up high, and maintain your integrity and know who you are. Uh, because uh, we live in a world that is constantly changing. What is popular today may not necessarily be popular tomorrow. The bright spotlight of fame and notoriety is often short-lived, because if you live any length of time, you're going to see governments rise and governments fall. You're going to see celebrities shine and celebrities fade away. You're going to see businesses open, and you're going to see businesses close. But there is something we can put all of our faith, all of our hope, and all of our trust in. The prophet in Isaiah 40 and 8, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Uh, Psalm 119 and 89, he said, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It will stand the test of time. It will be here long after me, just like it was here long before me. His word has the ability to stand in adversity. The word has the ability to stay when everything else fails. Now, why is that? Because the word has an ability to cause you to rise above sin. It can give you an ability to conquer temptation. It will give you a supernatural authority to do things that you couldn't normally do before. Psalm 119 and 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. The psalmist said in verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119 and 105 said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word to keep you from getting out of place. 
the word, if you stick with the word, it'll keep you from going way far right. And it'll keep you from going way far left. But as long as you stick with the word, as long as you preach the word, as long as you read his word, as long as you meditate on his word, to keep you from destruction. Psalm 119 and 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Elbow your neighbor, say nothing. Slap somebody upside the head and make sure they're listening. Say nothing. Somebody felt inspiration right there. Nothing shall offend them. You know someone that has the word in their heart? You can't push them out of church. You can't talk them out of church. You can't gossip them out of church. You can't offend them out of church. Somebody has got the word in their heart, they'll keep coming through sickness. They'll keep coming through trouble. They'll keep coming through heartache. They'll keep coming through setbacks. Through the word of God is in their heart, they will keep Keep right on going. Because in this thing called life, something is going to happen to you. People will let you down. Friends will leave your side. Employers will let you go. And relationships will break your heart. And it's in those moments when you feel like you are sinking. In those moments when it feels like the world is crumbling all around you. Proverbs 30 and 5 says, Every word of God is pure, and he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. When it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, when it seems like there's no future waiting on you, we have a promise and we have an assurance that we can lean on. And Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. So here throughout these chapters of 2 Timothy, we find this apostle reinforcing this on this young man, tells him to endure hardness as a good soldier, tells him to stand strong because there's a reward waiting on you in the end. But then it brings us here to the seventh verse. And in the seventh verse of the second chapter, he says, now consider what I say. Then in verse number 8, he says, remember what I'm getting ready to say. Verse 7, he says, consider what I say. Verse 8, he said, you better remember what I'm getting ready to say. My mama said, I could tell you once, but don't make me tell you twice. Uh, He's telling this man, he said, I want you not to miss this. Don't let it fly past your head. Don't let it slip through your fingers. Because right now, I'm in a jail cell. I'm living in unsanitary conditions. I'm eating food that's not fit for animals to eat. I'm surrounded by those that had broken the law. Beside me are thieves and murderers. All around me are men who are evil and unrighteous and immoral. And it may seem like I have every reason to throw in the towel. I may have a reason to wave the white flag of surrenderance. I have a reason to give up and never go back. 
But son, you need to understand that even though they lock me in a jail, even though they cast me into prison, even though they shackle my feet and put chains on my hands, there is one thing the world cannot do. There is one thing the enemy and the adversary cannot do. There is one thing the systems of the world cannot do. They cannot stop and they cannot bind up the work. The word keeps on going. The prophet said the word accomplishes that which it was sent to do. The word doesn't return void. The word prospers in the way that it was sent. The word will chase you down. The word will search you out. The word will visit you when you're laying your head on the pillow at night. The word of God. I remember when Sister Ashley and I first got engaged. and uh, We were putting together the wedding. And I had some groomsmen that were going to be in our wedding party. And so her father was a pastor in Ohio. And he asked me, he said, if you got any of your groomsmen that are preachers, uh, let me know because I want one of them to stay over on Sunday and preach at our church. And so I had a friend and I told him what was going on. said, oh, I'd love to come, love to be at the service and preach for your father-in-law. And so we, everything was getting together and the wedding was getting ready to approach and little did I know that my father start, father-in-law started talking to my mother-in-law. I said, you know, I've got the strangest thing that happened to me. I was praying the other day. and God gave me a word. And then he did something that he doesn't normally do. He told me when I'm supposed to preach it. And he told me that the Sunday after the wedding is when I need to preach this message. He said, and I've already invited this guest minister, and I can't cancel on him now, so I'm kind of in a situation. I don't quite know what to do. So Ashley's mother said, well, if God wants you to preach the message, you'll work it out so he, everything will be just fine. So they had this agreement that God was going to work it out. And so Thursday night, uh, right before our wedding, the hurricane was a Hurricane Sandy that came. It started grounding all the flights, and nobody could get rental cars. And my friend called me, lived almost 12 hours away. He said, hey, bro, I know I hate to do this to you. The rehearsal's tomorrow, but there's no way I'm going to be able to go to your wedding. No way. We're trying our best to get a flight, but everything's canceled. Trying to get a car, but you can't even get out of the state. So I know you may be mad at me, but there's no way I can be there. So we're a little upset, but nothing too terribly bad. And so I told my father-in-law that we're going to have a groomsman short. And he's like, yes. So what do you mean? You haven't even met him. How do you know you don't like him? He said, no, no, no. God gave me a message that I'm supposed to preach. Well, we didn't think much about it. Everything else was going on. Friday night came. Rehearsal dinner and rehearsal at the church. And so we at the church and went through the ceremony and her father-in-law was going to marry us, and everything was perfect. No hiccups, no problems of any kind. Went to dinner afterwards. Everybody was laughing. He was cutting up. He was telling jokes, just having a grand time. Well, that night, he got home, and he had an aneurysm. And so they called us, said, you need to come to the house. need to come fast. And by the time we got there, the ambulance had already arrived and picked him up. So we went to the hospital about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning right before the wedding. 
And finally, the doctor came in and said, I need to speak with the family, but I'm sorry he's passed away. So our world was spinning. We talk about world spinning. It was spinning. What are we going to do? Should we cancel the wedding? Everything's already done. Everybody's already here. Probably can't get everybody to come back. Trying to figure out what to do. And Ashley said, well, my dad told me that he was so happy. I was marrying a preacher, and I was in church, and I was living for God. I think we need to go on with the wedding. So we had a wedding, and it was unlike any wedding you've ever been to. We were crying, and then we were laughing. We were smiling for the pictures, and we were weeping for the pictures. Came time for the actual ceremony. Man, the Holy Ghost started moving in the wedding. That's how you know the Lord's really real. He starts moving in the wedding. Man, we have tongues interpretation at the uh, reception. People are praying through. Backsliders are coming back to God. It happens to us. I'm going to tell you, anything crazy that can happen is going to happen to us. So Saturday comes, and we thought we were going to lose our honeymoon, but they switched the flights for us to the few days after so we could be there for the uh, funeral. And so Sunday had come. Ashley and I said, well, we need to come to church for the memorial service and let's go and make an appearance and be there, ask the family anything we can do. So Sunday came. Of course, the church jam-packed with guests and visitors and presbyters all there to pay their condolences and give their respect. And I, I honestly forgot about what he had told me, that God had given him a message. But my mother-in-law got up at the end of the service and she addressed the congregation. She said, I'm just going to tell you what had happened. And she rehearsed what I just explained, that he had a guest minister coming. And, but God told him he was going to preach the message and gave him a word from God. And so she said, I was sitting on my bed before the memorial service today. And I was thinking, now, God, why did you tell my husband that you have a message for him when you knew you were going to take him? Uh, I don't understand your ways. I don't comprehend everything that you do. And so she said, I looked over and I saw this Bible on the nightstand. So I reached over and I grabbed this Bible. When I grabbed this Bible, there were some notes that fell out and hit the ground. She said, I bent over and I picked up the notes and I started reading them. She said, but you're never going to believe the message that he was going to preach to us today. She said, I read his text. It was in Isaiah 25 and 8. that says, he will swallow up death and victory. And the Lord God will wipe tears from all faces. She said his subtext was 1 Corinthians 15. that said, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I, tell, I told you that to tell you this, that even in death, the word still is powerful. Even when he left this life, the word keeps on preaching. The word keeps on ministering. The word keeps on saving. The word keeps on delivering. You may not understand it, but God has a perfect plan. You may not see it right now, but God has a perfect plan. And when that word comes, See, it was in Matthew, the eighth chapter, that we find Jesus with the disciples. And they were around him listening to his message. But then out of nowhere, there came a centurion soldier. And this soldier ran to where Jesus was at. 
And when he got there, he said, oh, Jesus, I need you, and I need you right now. There's a friend of mine that's at home sick, sick to the point that it looks like he may even die. Seems like his life is coming to an end. We don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And unless you do something for him, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Jesus began to tell this soldier, he said, well, I'm coming to your house, and I'm going to pray for that man. And that soldier spoke up. He said, now, Jesus, I I, I need to tell you who I am. I'm a man of authority. I can tell somebody to go, and they'll go. I can tell somebody to come here, and they'll come. I can tell somebody to do this, and they'll do it. In other words, he said, I was successful. I was promoted. I was secure. But I found myself in a problem that all the money in the world could not fix. I found myself in a scenario that no matter what I've accomplished in my life, it was not going to remedy the situation. Jesus, I need to tell you that I'm not worthy for you to come to my house and pray for that man. But I know who you are. I know about the blinded eyes that you open. I know about the deaf ears that you unstop. I know how you make the lame to walk and you make the dumb to talk. I know how you feed the hungry and you help the poor and even make the dead to live. But Jesus, I don't need a production. But the only thing I need you to do Matthew 8 he said speak the word only and my servant shall be healed I I know where the power lies and I don't need the lights and the smoke and the mirrors. I don't need all the cameras and all the flesh, but I'm going to tell you what you can do and it will be the ultimate cure. Jesus just do this one thing for me. Speak the word. And if you will speak the word, that is what will answer every kind of problem. Oh, can I preach to somebody today? Never underestimate the power of a word from God. A word from God is more intoxicating than being drunk. A word from God is higher than the nirvana you can get from a drug. A word from God is richer than a job promotion. A word from God is more illuminating than a PhD. A word from God, it can change your life. It can alter your destiny. It can brighten your your future just one word from God He said, uh, when Jesus heard that, he said, I've never seen so much faith, not in all of Israel. He said, I'll give you that word, and I'll give it right now. And Jesus began to pray miles away from that man, miles away from the sickness, miles away from the disease. But the word started coming. And when that word comes forth, when that soldier went back to his house and visited his friend, his friend was no longer sick. He was no longer laying in the bed. He was no longer suffering in his body. He was no longer dealing with pain. And he said, when did that happen? And when they told him when it was, it was the same moment that Jesus spoke the word. And when a word from God comes, it can beat you home before you get there. 
word from God. It can beat you before you show up to school tomorrow morning. Ah, you can have a problem on your job, but before you get back out the workplace, that word from God can already fix it. It can already put it together. It can already be the answer to what you so desperately need. Just one word. Hebrews 4 and 12 says that word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than the two-edged sword, it's piercing even to dividing asunder the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God may not make all kinds of sense in the moment, but at the end of the day, you'll know he is in control. The prophet in Isaiah 55, his ways, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts, they're higher than our thoughts. Just a word. Just one solitary word. Just about six weeks ago, we were in Mississippi, and it was a Wednesday night. And we preached a little message and came time for the altar call. And even the pastor got up and said, I believe the Lord has worked miracles today. After different ones had come to the front, he even closed the uh, service by saying this, that God has done something special in our midst, but our evangelist is leaving tonight. But what I want you to do, I want you to call me whenever your report comes back of what God has done. And I'm going to forward it to our guest speaker so he knows exactly what the Lord did in this service. And so we left Wednesday night. Thursday came around just a little before lunchtime. And that pastor sent me a text, had a picture of one of the ladies in the church. He said, I sent you a picture of one of the ladies from the church and I didn't really want to fill you in on everything that was going on in her life. I just thought it was best that we pray for her. But what you didn't know was that she had skin cancer. And she had an appointment today for surgery to remove this cancer. So she went very early, got prepped and ready for this surgery. She was waiting there in the room. And the specialist had come in to make sure everything was ready. Every I was dotted and every T was crossed and... He stood there for a minute and looked through some paperwork and through some x-rays and said, give me just a minute. I need to be uh, solve something. I'll be right back. She said, okay. She said, I was just laying on that bed, my mind racing 100 miles an hour. He came back with another specialist. and They were asking me questions and looking through these papers. And She said, is everything okay? He said, yeah, I just need one more opinion. He left and a few minutes later came back with a third specialist. And finally, she said, I was getting nervous. And I asked him, I said, okay, you need to tell me what's going on. Is everything right with the surgery? He said, actually, no, it's not right. She said, what do you mean? He said, I think we're going to have to postpone the surgery indefinitely. He said, well, I don't understand. He said, I I don't know if you had some kind of treatment and you didn't tell us about it, but there's no skin cancer in your body whatsoever. I don't know what happened to you. She said, no, I didn't have any special treatment or radiation that you weren't aware of, but I did go to a red-hot service, and God started speaking through his work. Hey, don't underestimate what a word from God will do. Don't ever discount it. Hey, don't ever belittle it. That word from God it has abilities, has power and authority. 
Oh, hallelujah. I won't be too much longer. My God, I feel the Lord speaking to somebody right now. I don't know what you're facing, but the Lord's trying to talk to you today. It was in Mark, the fourth chapter. We find Jesus with his disciples, and they get on board a boat. And the only thing that Jesus tells them, he said, let's pass over to the other side. And so they're on this ship together, and they're on the water. But the scripture says that a storm began to rage, and a lightning began to flash, and thunder began to roll. And that boat started rocking back and forth. It got so ugly. It got so bad that the men on board the boat started yelling, started screaming, we're going to die. It's interesting to know that the men that were screaming that were professional fishermen. They did that by their career choice. So in other words, they had seen their fair share of storms before. They had been out on the water when the lightning was flashing. They had been out on the water when the winds were blowing. They had been out on the water when things were getting a little rocky. But this time was not like the other times before. It was so intense. It was so insane that finally they just threw their hands up and somebody hollered out, somebody find Jesus. Because if you don't find Jesus, we're going to perish out on the water. They started searching the boat. They started looking in every place they could think of. But they couldn't find him anywhere. Until finally, somebody went down into the bottom of the boat. And there, laying on a bed, sound asleep, was Jesus. I could see this man just uh, baffled at what is going on. How is Jesus sound asleep in the middle of the storm? The brother must have bought essential oils or something, huh? Because he's sleeping through the worst storm in my entire life. They start waking him up. Jesus, you got to wake up, brother. They wake up. And when Jesus finally woke up, they said this. They said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? In other words, they said, do you not even care that we're going to die? See, because we can look down on them, but when it's me and you in the middle of the storm, we get the diagnosis. And that marriage begins to fall apart. And your family becomes dysfunctional. Never thought it would happen to me. Never thought it would happen to us. But all of a sudden, things start to get shaky. Things start getting murky. And you begin to wonder, God, are you still watching? Do you know what I'm facing? Do you know the steps that are being ordered for my life? Because it feels like I'm by myself. It feels, my Lord, the Lord's talking right now. I feel like I'm all alone. I feel like there's nobody there. Nobody's listening. Nobody cares. Nobody loves. Jesus, do you even know what's going on? They're in a panic. They're totally out of their mind. Jesus, what are you doing? Jesus gets up, gets out of the bottom of the boat, steps on the edge of the ship. It says three words. He says, peace, be still. And when he said, peace, be still, the wind stopped blowing. 
and the thunder quit rolling and the lightning quit flashing and the wind quit blowing and when the disciples saw what had just taken place they turned to each other and they said wow what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey obey his what and what manner of man is this that even the wind even the elements even the sea obeys his word when his word comes when the word comes it can fix every problem you got when the word from God comes it can cure that depression and never let it come back when a word from God comes it can remove those suicidal thoughts that you can't seem to conquer when that word from God comes it'll give you power and authority that you didn't have before oh somebody ought to lift your hands to God for a moment oh I feel the presence of the Lord getting ready to come I feel the touch of the Holy Ghost here Come on, God wants you to know he cares. God wants you to know he sees. God wants you to know he knows what's going on in your life. He knows what battles are facing you. He knows the attacks that are against you. Oh, hallelujah. Just a word from God. Can you stand with me all across the house? In Winchester, Indiana, in service I noticed a man came through the back door, was sitting near the very rear of the church. I could tell that he was not used to church like this. Startled of people clapping their hands and others crying. Became very apparent from his dress and his actions he was not real accustomed to church. But I watched him and worship and I watched him during the sermon. And there's something about the Word of God. It can melt the stoniest heart. The Word from God, it can warm the coldest soul. Finally, one of the new converts came and talked to the pastor. Said, hey, hope this is okay, but I brought my friend to church. I know I haven't been coming that long, but when I was lost when I wasn't saved I had a dealer that I always got my stuff from and he started calling me asking why I wasn't buying anymore she said you come to church I'll tell you why I'm not buying anymore careful inviting people to church they're liable to show up he's sitting back so getting time towards the altar call and I noticed he was really paying attention to what I was having to say some things you kind of say it off the cuff and not even realizing you're saying it. Said, so, you know, there is a love that comes from God that will love you when you're unlovable. And He cares for you when nobody cares. And He will believe in you in your lowest moment. He'll, he'll be the one that never walks out of your life. He'll never stab you in the back. He'll never break out of your heart. He'll never leave you by yourself. And if you want Him, you can run to an altar and you can find Him. 
I didn't think much about what I said, Pastor Walden, but it hit me when he started running down to the front. I said, if you really want him, you can run down to the front and you can have him. Brother, he took it literal. He stepped out of where he was standing. He ran, ran down to the front, hit the altar. He said, I want it. I'm tired of living like this. I want it. Pastor did a little Bible study with him, getting him ready. He said, I need to be baptized. If that's what it takes, I need to be baptized. While they were getting ready for baptism, he told the pastor, he said, you know, I'm 20-something years old. I've never been in any church for any reason, for any service. But see, the Word, it doesn't matter if you're used to church or if you're not used to church. It doesn't matter if you're young or you're old. That word from God, it looks beyond your faults. It looks beyond your flaws. And it looks beyond your failures. It sees potential and possibility and promise in you. And when that man talked to the pastor, he said, I got to do it. And so the pastor got to hold him in the water and say, upon the confession of your faith and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus our Savior, I do and now indeed baptize you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He had never darkened the door of the church, but see the words not bound. He may never darken the door of the church before, but the word had already been watching him and already been ordering his footsteps. And today, as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, with nobody looking around, you may think it's coincidence or happenstance, but no, the Word's been setting you up for a long time. He's been ordering your footsteps. He's been altering your future. And He's been directing your destiny. God has you here, sir. God has you here, ma'am, for a divine reason. Why don't you let the Lord talk to you? Why don't you let the Word speak to your heart? Come on, heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you know every tear that's ever been cried. God, you know every question that's ever been asked. And God, you know every storm it feels like we are sinking in. You know every thought went through our mind. You know every battle that we've had to fight. God, we pray right now from the front to the back and from the left to the right, from the youngest to the elders. Yes, Lord, I'm praying right now you would wrap your arms of love around these people today so they could not stay, they could not stand without feeling that word and that love from God. God, I pray against every distraction from the enemy. I pray against every lie from the adversary. I pray against every generational curse. I pray against any obstacle that stands in between us. And God, I pray, let your word be loosed right now in this room. Let it prick somebody's heart. Let it speak to somebody's soul. Let it minister to somebody's mind. Why don't you come to an altar today? Come on, you can run to an altar. You can walk to an altar. You can crawl to an altar. The Lord is here. Come on, let God bless you today. Let him give you that word that you so desperately need. <laughs> Come on, student. Come on, student. God knows the pressure. God knows the burden that you're carrying. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. God knows every fight. God knows every tear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Lord. Come on, somebody reach up to him for a moment. Come on, somebody reach out to him for a moment. He's here.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're still, if you're praying, keep praying for a moment. And I know the Lord's moving in this place and doing things in people's lives. We're so thankful to, to just for these that have been blessed. And Sister Lauren's grandmother, the Lord, just refresh her in the Holy Ghost. Wow, that was tremendous. But so much. So thankful for this family. Listen, praise God. Yeah, people still getting blessed. Would you lift your hand? I was just fixing to say, lift your hands and stretch them this way because there's still some praying. Let's pray that God will fill them with the Holy Ghost today. If you want the Holy Ghost, don't leave here without it. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. Right where you are. Pray with somebody right there where you're at. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can lift your hands and receive it. Come on now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Woo! Come on, somebody, pray. Rejoice. Come on, God's touching our college kids. Praise God. Praise God.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've got a condition in your body and need healing, how many knows God's a healer? Where's bro Brother Paul? Brother Paul, come here. I want you to come here for a second. Come here. This man needs a healing in his body. He knows what it's like to want and desire healing. Come here, brother. Brother Paul's going to pray. We're going to lift our hands and, and healing's going to fall in this room on people today. This is a man, he's got faith. He believes the Lord. I know he does. And he's going to pray a prayer and we're going to receive healing in this place today. The gift of faith is going to be unlocked. Somebody pray with Sister Angela. I want to pray for her dad too. He needs a healing touch. Those that need healing today is fixing to fall in Jesus' name. you got to receive it. Come on, brother, pray with it. Pray for it right now. In the name of Jesus. I believe you. I thank you, Lord, that you've not left us comfortable. That you have come to us in our need, Lord. Lord, I believe you with all of my heart. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to follow you, Lord God, no matter what comes my way. I am determined, Lord Jesus, that nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing, O oh Lord, can hold back the time. Now, O oh Lord, let the power of doubt be broken in this place. And let faith be born. In the name of Jesus, let faith be born. Let it, Lord God, give glory to you, Lord Jesus. And heal, O oh Lord God. You are the healer of all of our diseases. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I give you thanks, O Lord, for my healing. I give you thanks, O Lord God, and glory for the healing of those in this place today. And I believe you, O Lord, and trust you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, give a hand clap and shout of praise of victory. Ha! Just speak the word only. Oh, yes. What a word. One place when the Lord was done, that's what they said. They said, what a word. Let me tell you, when you pray a prayer of faith, that's what a word. When you pray for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost, man, what a word. When you preach that message of faith, what a word. They ain't another word like it. I know there's people in the, in the land today, they, they got certain amount of authority and what they say goes in that their arena and what they write it goes in their arena but let me tell you there ain't nothing the, the word of God is without restriction it's greater than any arena it's greater than any law within any book it's, let me tell you the word of God is not bound what a message today my brother praise God oh thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Don't you feel better now? Praise God. Praise God. I want to remind you that we've got prayer tomorrow night, prayer and communion. Love for you to be here. Uh, I'd love to see 100 people here tomorrow night just ready to pray and, and take communion and just be blessed of God. It's going to be a great time. If you can't be here, we understand that. But, man, if you can't be, come on, 7 o'clock, we'll be here ready to pray and see God move in this place. 
I want to say again, thankful for all of our visitors. Uh, Houston, thank you for being with us today. We sure are honored to have you. Appreciate him being with us. Hey, UGA, we love you guys. I want you to know we love you guys. Y'all, y'all, you may not feel like much when you get on that campus. There's so many people there, but, but you're the sparks of revival. You're the sparks of revival for that campus in Jesus' name. Hundreds and thousands will receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized at UGA because it started with you guys. It's coming in the name of the Lord. That's going to happen in Jesus' name. We will see it in our time in Jesus' name. Glory to God. My goodness, Brother Doug, Sister Ashley, Brother Shiloh, thank you all for being with us. Let's give them a hand. We appreciate them being with us. Love them so dearly, so much. We're getting ready. We're, we're fixing to plan a, a, a revival. Last night while we were having dinner, I'd already been feeling like, man, I, I just need them to come for more than just one service. And so we were talking, and I mentioned that to him, and he was like, it, uh, he said, tell uh, my wife what you just said. So I told Sister Ashley, I said, I want you all to come for more than one service. She looked at him. She said, did you tell him what we talked about? And he said, nope. And they had been talking about that. She said, she said the Lord had pressed on her. She said, I feel like we need to preach a longer revival for them. She said, and if it's the Lord's will, he'll ask you about it. And so guess what? I asked him about it. And so and we were talking about that. When there's a God-ordained revival coming, my, 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 something's going to happen in this place. So we're going to get the date set, and we'll let you know. And let me tell you, be ready. Invite everybody you know. Invite everybody you know. If we have to, we'll just move every, all the chairs into the gym so we can fill it up with five or 600 people. But let's have a revival and see what God will do. Amen? Praise God. Everybody lift your hands and say, I'm better in Jesus' name. And you can be dismissed. Have a great day. God bless you.
Could I get your attention just a moment? Ooh, that's loud, isn't it? Uh, Sister Jenny needs to meet with all the ladies that she spoke to before service right over here toward the, toward the glass. So if you'll just go that way, uh, ladies, go speak with her.